What's up, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Worldly Church Girl. On today's show, I have an international motivational speaker. He's been living in Japan for the past 24 years. He was an ELS teacher, and now he's a motivational speaker to teach people and businesses how to time manage. It gives me great privilege to introduce Mr. Adrian Shepard. I saw that you are an ELS teacher. What made you decide to go in that direction? Well, when I was in my uh, college years, I really didn't know what I wanted to be, like most mm-hmm. uh, you know college students. And I just uh, picked up a part-time job uh, teaching English, and I just really enjoyed it. So after I graduated, I really didn't have much direction at the time. And I figured, well, I'll just come to Japan and uh, just try my luck here for a little while. And the next thing I know, it's been 24 years. Out of all the languages to pick, I mean, mm-hmm. I know you, you're intrigued by the culture. That's mm-hmm. a hard language to learn. Mm-hmm. I mean, you learned all that in college or was that like through high school and college? Uh, in high school, I studied Spanish. I'd studied Spanish since I was, I guess, eight years old. And I, well, I mean, I can, the best word I can use to describe my ability in Spanish was I, I was useless. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I could pass some tests and stuff like that, but I just never really got it. It didn't really click for me. But the difference between Spanish and Japanese for me was simply I had friends that were Japanese people and um, I, I met a few uh, beautiful Japanese women that really inspired me to want to learn language. Girls was your motivation. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, to start off, yeah. And then I kind of fell off, fell in love with the actual language and the kanji itself. But it was tough. I mean, I'm not fluent. I'm good. Uh, but I stopped a few years ago to focus on other things. What part of Japan are you living? Uh, Osaka. And what made you choose that city? Um, when I was in college, as I said, I, I, I thought, okay, I'll go to Japan and just see what it's like. But when uh, I looked at the options, there was only one option that gave me a six-month uh, stay in Japan. Everything else was a year, and I didn't really want to commit a year in case I didn't really gel with it. So I thought, okay, six months, I can hack it out for six months. Lo, lo and behold, I really enjoyed it. I had a great homestay family. My first homestay family was not the best. We just didn't see eye to eye on many things. Mm-hmm. But when I changed homestay families, um, she was just amazing lady and uh, she helped me uh, get accustomed to Japanese life and culture and everything like that and she could speak English very well so it was very easy for me so if I had any questions I could just ask her mm-hmm. now what is your favorite dish there well you know I mean sushi right <laughs> but I have to admit if you've never been to Japan I you, you'd probably be surprised at just, just how good the beef is here Kobe beef and really like that. just oh yeah just amazing well they probably don't have like a lot of processed and a lot of junk put in their cows mm-hmm. like we do here. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why it tastes so much better. They also feed the uh, cows, well, Kobe cows anyway. Or I don't know if you call them Kobe cows, but um, they're, they're fed beer. And then they're also played Mozart. No. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. I not know that. Yeah. It's pretty oh, that's messed up. Their cows are all cultured and ours is all ghetto. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. And what made you go into being um, a motivational speaker? Well, I started out, as I said, teaching English, and things were great for a while. Um, then one day I sat down to do some math because I've always been interested in numbers, and I realized it was it was going to be a slow road to success. Um, I just, even though I was saving a decent amount of money each month, it wasn't going to get me to my goal. And so I just start, started thinking maybe I should look into other options. And then lo and behold, uh, December 26th happened, uh, 2004, when uh, my, my wife and I were in Thailand. 
uh, enjoying a well-deserved vacation that year. And our we found ourselves, you know, fighting for our lives because the tsunami uh, came ashore and our bungalow just imploded around us. And oh, wow. A life-changing moment for me because I thought, Adrian, you know, you've got one life and you've got to do the best you can with it. Um, and teaching English is great, and it's, but it's it's slow. It takes years to master a language, years and years. And I want to have a bigger impact faster. I want to be able to help people live better lives quicker. And I can't do that with English, although I can help them you know, slowly and I like it. It's just not what I really want to do. I think I've got a lot more in me. And so I started just studying and taking chances with businesses and partnerships and things like that. But all those businesses, you know, uh, I struggled because I couldn't, I didn't have the knowledge and the base to really uh, grow a business successfully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I started looking for answers and I picked up books such as uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and uh, Tony Robbins and all these, uh, uh, I mean, Tony Robbins, what is it? Uh, Awaken the Giant Within. I found that I really drawn to that because I, I felt that you could change people's lives quickly and easily almost uh, with just a few simple techniques and ideas. And that really excited me uh, because then I could make an, a fast impact in people's lives and really help them to achieve more. Lo and behold, uh, I, I just found that time management was the one thing that really excited me because we all seem to struggle with time. No matter how successful we are or unsuccessful, we, we all seem to have that, that one issue hanging over our head is that we're limited with the time that we have. And so I, my big reason I was asked this the other day, why do I do what I do? And it's because I want to help people to be able to, if they have kids, spend more time with their families. And if they don't, to be able to do what they really want to do, which is maybe travel the world or write a book. And if I can give them tips and strategies and ideas and a different way of looking at things that help them, uh, I can have an you know, almost immediate impact in their lives that can, I, I don't need to teach them for years. I can just give them a few ideas, send them on their way, and they can actually have, you know, it can change their lives. And that's how you came up with the one bike time management system? Yes. Well, um, I, I picked up all the pro programs I can get my hands on. And uh, what I was surprised about is a lot of the programs that were coming out recently were really big investments of time. And I, and I, I laughed because one of the most successful programs was a three-month investment. And I thought, wow. And I talked to a few people who even picked it up and they nearly nobody had gone through it because they just said they just don't have the time. You know, that's the irony, right? It is, it's, it's thick, I know. But the point is, is that I realized that we need something fast and quick to get us started. Later on, we can work on these, you know, life changing programs that we, that we can dedicate three months to to really take ourselves to the next level. Most people, though, just don't have the time or the bandwidth to be able to to handle those things and they really need something light and easy and that can get them started today and get results tomorrow. And so uh, I thought uh, maybe simplification is the key. And um, yeah, as a teacher, I always realized that it, the more complicated things got, the more difficult it, it became to learn and you had to make things simple for people if they wanted to learn it. And so I thought, why not apply the same thing to time management? I literally today felt like I have no time. What would be a snippet of what you would tell someone in my position that says, I just don't have time to mm. take care of my family, run a business and squeeze in a little bit of time for myself? Um, I think 
you know, everything begins with education. Um, and so I believe in the concept of uh, turning your car into a mobile classroom, which is an idea talked about by Brian Tracy and Jim Rohn. Essentially, instead of listening to our favorite, you know, jam in the car when we're on the way to work, we just turn it into a classroom uh, by picking up uh, programs such as, as I said, Jim Rohn or Brian Tracy or Tony Robbins, Robert Kiyosaki, or even podcasts like this or other people's and just start educating yourself because it's amazing how many ideas you can pick up on your way to work, really. I mean, most Americans spend about 51 minutes a day in their car in a commute. And that's time that's often dead time where they're not really putting their mind to use. They're just you know, relaxing and enjoying the ride. Whereas if you just take that time and start studying whatever it is, whether it's time management or if it's studying I don't know, marketing or uh, management, I mean, that's a great way to get an, an MBA easily and you know, effortlessly, which is the, the great thing. So that's one thing I would start with. But that maybe that's not exactly a know strategy uh, per se but I definitely think it's a, a great way to um, put most to help people deal with whatever issue they need to deal with because you you control you know the dial or your, your smartphone whatever uh, you can choose what you want to listen to and so you know that that's where I, I would start I agree with that because I'm a huge advocate of audible books mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I don't have time to actually to physically mm-hmm. sit and read, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I have plenty of time to listen to a book, like mm-hmm. you said, in the car, mm-hmm. if I'm doing yard work, mm-hmm. or just whatever, just cleaning up the house. I'll listen to an audible book or a podcast in a minute. Well, let, let me add one more thing to that, and that is when we go to university, we we take you know various subjects and. Let's say we're doing an MBA. We're, we're studying business, but we're also studying other things as well, like required subjects that we have to take. Whereas when you're in your car, you can you, you have full control over your, what you're listening to. So you choose the material. And audiobooks are great. So you can pick up stuff like Tim Ferriss's, you know, four-hour work week, which is a great time management uh, book. Or, um, as I said, Rich Dad, Poor Dad's um, Cash Flow Quadrant, which is great for anyone who's starting a business. But you can also, what you can do with um, uh, audiobooks or whatever is increase it by 20% the speed and you won't notice a difference. You can actually, if you work a little bit harder, you can increase it by 50% and it'll still be comfortable. I, I still think 50% is a little bit more work and you'll, you will miss stuff at first. But I, mm-hmm. I think 20%, you will not notice a difference. Okay. I'm going to have to try that. My next, my next book, I'm going to tackle. I love your mantra. There has to be a better way. What triggered that mantra in your life? That's a good question. Um, I guess it, it all started back in school. I was always questioning, you know, is this the best way to, to teach things? I, I, had a, I had trouble with, you know, various teachers, and I thought, there's no way this is the best way to teach this. And when I would take a different teacher's lesson, I was like, well, now this is the way it should be taught. Because, yeah, everybody's getting it. And other teachers, you know, they suck the life out of everything and mm-hmm. it just drags on. And so I guess I've always been curious about how can this be done better? No matter how good we are at something, I think we, sh- we can always improve. I, I mean, I'm constantly studying time management despite being a time management consultant. I just, I just want to learn more. I want to try new ideas. And I, I do think that, unfortunately, not everything works for everyone. 
Uh, that's the one thing that a lot of people don't say in, in their books. They say, you know, this is the way you have to do it. And, and most of the time they will work, but not for everyone uh, because each person is unique and their situation is unique. However, some ideas are universal and they will uh, work for everyone. Uh, but you know, finding out which ones are really effective for you, though, that's a little bit of trial and error. And um, yeah, so I, I think that the, the best of the best in whatever field are, all, are constantly pushing their limits to become better. And so I, I think we've just scratched the surface on uh, health and um, uh, neuro-linguistic programming. I mean, these are, you know, I mean, I, we, we've known about good health for years, but I mean, the science is coming behind it now because of the technology and, you know, we're able to look into our brain and really analyze just exactly what it's doing under certain situations. And so, you know, things are going to get better and better and uh, we should never stop striving for that. Now, how do you figure out when someone's not really catching on or, or a business not really catching on to what you're trying to tell them to um, use their time better? Do you retweak it? Or do you just say this may not be the program for you and lead them in another direction? That's really tough because everyone is, as I said, unique. I think uh, it really depends, but I like to just tweak uh, at first for most people. And for other people, uh, if I really feel it's not getting them anywhere, uh, I think it's best for them to just go, you know, look elsewhere. I, I don't have all the answers. I have some. And I, I admit that sometimes I, I, I find some people maybe that we don't gel and they're not getting my points or they're not applying the ideas that I'm, I'm explaining to them. And mm -hmm. so sometimes I think maybe I just should send them on their way, not, not because I'm not doing my job, but because maybe they'd get value from another person, uh, not myself. You know, I, I listen to all these personal development experts and some people love person A and some people love person B. And the point is to keep searching for the people that really resonate with you and give you the mm. information that you need. And maybe that's not me sometimes. And that's okay. Uh, but I don't want people to give up and give up hope. I just think that maybe they'd be suited for with a, you know, maybe someone who's tougher or maybe someone who's nicer. Uh, sometimes we don't get along with someone you know, because of our personalities. I'm, I'm pretty intense sometimes. But, you don't you know, sound like it. <laughs> you sound yeah. like you're very low key and laid back and understanding to what a person needs. So I don't, I don't feel that. <laughs> well, uh, no, I'm, I am, I'm a nice guy, but I, I, I want the most for my uh, clients and my, my family. I just, so I push people. It, I guess it really depends on how much I've been a teacher for so long. So I know different people's personalities. Some people need to be pushed. And if they give me full reign to really push them, then I will push them and I'll be quite tough. So with my son, I'm extremely tough. Uh, he's my um, ultimate challenge. And um, <laughs> so far it's been working out well. But uh, yeah, I, 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 years of teaching has taught me to be a little bit more mellow. And I'm not exactly Tony Robbins or anything like that. I, I don't go that far. But I, I am very serious about what I do. And uh, I want people to, to get you know, value from the time that we spend together. I, I value my time and I also value their time. I don't want them to waste their time. And if it's not going the right way, you know, I think uh, it's okay. It's no big deal, but um, I, I want to wish people the best, but I don't want them to give up. I want them to keep looking. If there was something different that you could be doing in your life, what do you think that will be? 
I think that we all have our calling in life. I mean, sometimes we just don't find it. You know, there's so many options in the world, um, and our life takes you down these paths. And the question is, is will we find our calling? I think I found mine, and that's, you know, whether it's time management or teaching English, I mean, it comes down to education and helping people be better versions of themselves. The only reason I went from English to time management is simply that the time involved, English was years, and time management is days or weeks. And so I think my real calling is education. I found that early on in life. I mean, when I was teaching English full-time many years ago, um, at that time, I, I was applying some of these principles. I just really was helping them to, to study better. But it meant in many ways, I was teaching you know, basic time management to them. Yeah, I think we all have that gift within us. But unfortunately, there's just so many things out there, and we just sometimes just don't find our gift, you know, and that's tough. I do agree with that. We all have a, a way that we have to go. We're just wired that way. Mm-hmm. And yes. and it it would be such a better world if we all took the path of helping each other versus mm-hmm. bringing down each other. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, the way I see the news today, it seems like a lot of people like to bring people down. And that's not the way it should be. I agree with you. Yeah. If we're all working to help make the world a better place, I think, you know, what what great things we can accomplish. But it seems right now, that especially in America, it's, they won't listen to the other side. And I um, it's a real shame because if we come together, uh, we could achieve incredible things. I do believe that. I, I do too. It's amazing how different the world has changed within the past. I wouldn't even say 20 years, just the past 10 years. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you could have a theme song every time you walked into a room, mm-hmm. what would it be and why? Uh, theme song. You know, I don't know. I, I it, it may sound goofy, uh, but I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Twenty Two by mm-hmm. Taylor Swift. Um, I just really? think that song is a great song, and it, it really pumps me up. And I think we should all be parting like we're twenty two. I mean, don't forget, you know, life is short, and you want to do things. I mean, I, when it says party like twenty two, I mean, I'm not saying go go wild and get drunk and just pass out. I'm saying, but we should, you know, use our lives to the fullest and. You know, one thing about young kids is they live their lives to the fullest. And I think um, when we get older, sometimes we just kind of stop or just let life, life takes its toll sometimes. But we should mm-hmm. always remember that, you know, life is a gift. You know, we should just um, you know, push ourselves to always be better. And uh, no matter how old we get to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be. And I think, you know, when you're 22, you're, you're pretty much like on top of the world because you're healthy, you're young, you know, you can achieve anything, you know, that unlimited you know, that life hasn't, you know, pulled you down yet for many, for many 22 year olds and life is just great. And I think we've got to remember that no matter how life uh, knocks us down, life is good, you know, and it's a great opportunity to achieve incredible things. It's the only opportunity we get, right? So. Because at 22, you have no fear. Mm-hmm. You're willing, you're willing to try anything at least mm-hmm. once, but yeah, the drinking and passing out and get drunk yep. part, yeah, they, can, <laughs> they can have that, they can have that part. <laughs> That's the real 22 year old. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just love kids. I mean, you know, my son is uh, 11 now and, you know, seeing him grow up has been just the greatest joy of my life. And the great thing about kids is just their unlimited potential. If you talk to adults, it's like they've lost that. You know, they, they yeah. just don't, they can do it. They're, oh, I've got a kid or I'm 35 and oh, woe is me. And I'm thinking, come on, you know, like, you know, I mean, always think of what Colonel Sanders achieved after the age of 60. Uh, most millionaires 
you know, end up they, they, they don't make their millions in their 20s, except now for the digital crowd or whatever. But most millionaires are, you know, 45 year olds and 50 year olds. You know, that's when they make their big money. So, you know, yeah, I mean, every experience that you've had is, uh, you know, it pays off over time. But it, it sometimes you don't see it when you're young, like, oh, this thing is so terrible and so tough. But later on, that could, you know, be the, your story to success. Right. I say the takeaway from that is no matter how old you are, just don't stop dreaming. Mm-hmm, just, absolutely. just keep just keep going. Keep pushing yourself. Now, there's a great quote from uh, Kim Kiyosaki in her book, Rich Woman. And basically, the essence is this. It says that if somebody asks you, hey, could you spend three hours to exercise this week? And most people will say three hours. No, I don't. I can't spend three hours this week. But then if you went and see, saw a doctor he, he told you that if you don't exercise for three hours this week that you'll die, everybody finds the three hours, you see. And that's the thing. We can all find the time, really. But the problem is we're not motivated enough to, to get our life in order or we just let life take advantage of us whereas rather than we take um, control of life. We can find time for the things that we really need. And so we just got to make things a priority and then go to work on them. Yeah, my husband said that um, when we first started dating, he said, if you want something enough, mm-hmm. you'll make time for it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. <laughs> my pleasure. I didn't mess up your breakfast time. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Yeah, I'm sorry if I didn't share any uh, tips per se, but uh, oh no, 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 because that's that's your money maker. Why would you do that? <laughs> I'm always happy to ask. I'm always happy to share more tips and stuff. It's just yeah, I just just share one or two nearly every time. So, but yeah, okay. well, I'll have you back, and then you can get <laughs> another good. one there. And tell your wife and your son thanks for letting me steal you oh. for a half hour. Oh, my pleasure. It's great talking to you. Oh, great talking to you too. Uh, thank you so okay. much. Have a good day. Oh. And you have a great evening, okay? All right, thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I would like to thank Adrian for his time. We had to do some serious time management, y'all, to get this interview together. Him living in Japan and me living here in the States, we had to work that thing out, but we did that. And if you would like to be on Worldly Church Girl, click the link below and shoot me an email, and we can see what we can do with that thing. And as always, thanks for listening to your one and only Worldly Church Girl.